Um, I guess I should uh, say right up top, um, I am downstairs in the basement. Yeah. Jennifer is out doing her job. Okay. Betty is at a band rehearsal, and I don't know if I left the door open or not. <laughs> so if the dog starts barking, uh, I'm going to need you to vamp in case I've locked Jennifer out of the house. Well, that's all right, because... Um... Uh, you had to vamp for me when I was not prepared at the top of the show, even though you said, are we at the normal time today? And I said, yes. But I wasn't ready. Oh, you mean this time? Today. Like right now? Well, well you didn't have yeah. to. You had to vamp for like 20 seconds. Okay. I don't even know if I did that. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happened. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, it's at right after the show was over, pretty much, I gave myself an ultimatum. I said, I'm not going to log into social media until December 1st of 2020. And when you say social media, does that include everything like Instagram as well? Well, that's the thing. Instagram is a, is a weird deal. I'm saying yes. Uh, I might post something to Instagram. Uh, but I'm not planning on it, uh, because Instagram now is also political. People are <laughs> just typing stuff and screenshotting it and then putting it up there. Yeah, so everything basically is political these days. Yep. Except for my life. It's going yeah. pretty well so far. Although, uh, I am a little bit mad at, uh, the school. What did they do this time? I'm not super mad. Uh, well, Okay. So, I want to know if I'm breaking the rules when I do this, Ben. Okay. I've taken screenshots of an email that they sent out so that I can reference them uh, when I talk about it. Since I'm saying that they said something, I want to make sure that I'm saying exactly what it was that they said. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Also, it's a paper okay. trail of sorts. Yeah. So, so the thing is, like, on August 20th, they sent out a thing saying that the governor had designated us orange. And so on the 20, if we haven't, or if we were designated orange, we were going to be in trouble. And so orange being on bad. Friday, right. Yeah. So Friday, today, uh we were going to suffer a penalty or something was going to happen uh, maybe on the 31st. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was uh, August 31st, but it was something to do with, I think what it was. And I, again, I said that I screenshotted these so that I would have the correct facts, but I only screenshotted what they wrote. I didn't write the precipitating thing. So I might be off on this, but I think what it was is that if we were orange on the 27th, then these restrictions would go into play on the 31st. So the first of the, of the, of the uh, school year. Right. Or the, the first school day after we were designated orange. Right. That's what I believe happened. Yeah. So they sent that out, and uh, Betty is already full remote, so it didn't matter. But one of the people that did affect would be the K through 5 students. Or K through, yeah, K through 5th students who at this point in time uh, are going in person uh, to school. Ah. 
And they were going to shift them to a hybrid model where they would be going two days out of the week. So that was the no the the news was on the twentieth. Hey, get ready! This is probably going to happen. Um, you know, we we may not be able to keep on sending kids to school every single day. Uh, which, you know, is sort of because there's a pandemic. That's a, what I've heard. And Madison County, my county, uh, has over three thousand cases now, I believe. Um, and it's, which I'm sounds large sure. for a county of yeah. that size. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and something like uh, ninety-four deaths, something to that effect. Yeah, large, large for a small county. Uh, so then on the 24th, so this is four days later, they wrote this. At Monday night's Board of Education meeting, the board gave direction to continue to work with the Madison County Health Department to develop metrics more specific to District 7 to determine when to suspend in-person learning rather than relying on the previously communicated countywide metrics. The health department has informed the district that there is no evidence of any school-based transmission at this time. In addition, it was shared at the board meeting last night that many local pediatricians continue to advocate for in-person instruction to occur with the greatest extent possible or occur to the greatest extent possible. So, uh, to recap, 20th, hey, we're going to have to do these restrictions. Uh, a meeting with the Board of Education happened four days later. Uh, I can only assume scrambling <laughs> to say, we don't want our kids at our houses. We want them at the school. Right. How can we stop this? Uh, that's uh, editorializing on my part. Uh, there's no evidence that that's what they're saying. No, but I think you're right. I uh, think so there's then, a lot of scrambling right now, both with the um, school districts and with parents. And then they, they go on to say, as a result, District 7 schools will remain open for in-person learning, even if Madison County continues to be designated in the orange warning status this Friday. Well, that's not that's good. today. This week's schedule will be unchanged with all students K-12 through following the hybrid schedule. Friday, August 28th will remain a remote day. Now, today's Friday. Today's Thursday. Oh, is it? Oh, that's good. So we still have a day, Ben. Anything can happen. Christmas I don't know why day. I thought I today was Friday. Oh, okay. Friday, August 28th will remain a remote day. Again, my daughter, uh, remote all the time. Right. Uh, so it doesn't matter. Uh, for the high school and middle school, this will be a typical Friday in the hybrid schedule with instructions originally planned. For elementary families, we will use a portion of this day to test our newly installed Wi-Fi connectivity and we'll have teachers conduct connecting with students and families virtually. This test run will help us work out technical difficulties if, when, we're required to transition all students to 100% remote instruction. So they are aware that this probably won't last forever. I think you had uh, a case of um, optimistic thinking on the part of the Madison County School District. Madison County School District yeah. during the summertime. Oh, yeah, it'll be, we'll be fine. We'll have kids in schools. It'll be great. We don't need to worry about exactly. full-time remote learning for every single student. Now, Ben, I know it's been a little bit of time, but I'm going to ask you, 
Do you remember what it was that the school board said their reason for keeping the school open besides the fact that pediatricians thought that that would be good? What it, is Although this? A, I, don't, I don't remember the specific reason. Is it political? The reason that they said was because there was no evidence of in-school transmission. Right. Right? Say that to the parents so, who just lost their ch- a child in Florida. So here's... here. Well, I, I think they mean in our schools, specifically. Because kids are different in state by state. Right. And th- but this is the best part. <laughs> this, is the, this is the other section that I highlighted. While we are able to continue to provide in-person learning for now... It is important for families to be prepared for the possibility of a shift to remote learning at any time. As of today, there are a small number of both students and staff members quarantined due to being in close (laughs) contact with a COVID-19 positive individual being symptomatic or receiving a COVID-19 positive result. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing you highlighted that part. You would be a fool... To suggest that any of that happened at the school. This is the thing. There's no, this is what they're saying. There's no, they do have students and teachers, uh, some of whom have tested positive, but you can't prove that that happened when they were at the school. So we need to remain open. That is my uh, editorializing. That's what I get from that. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, I, not having the job of a school administrator or being in a district where um or you know it's just, this doesn't just apply to madison county districts but every district where you probably have a large amount of your students whose meals depend on being in school right yes. and so these administrators have parents screaming at them saying look i have to go to work my kid needs to go to school because we don't have enough money for uh, for food for everybody, so this is where my my kid gets food, and we are this is not sustainable. And so the administrators are like, okay, well we'll do what we can, and we'll do what we can means yeah. we're gonna open schools for as long as we you know feel like it until the, they're the told by thing... the county or the state or the federal government to like no shut it down. Yeah, the thing on the 20th, I don't know. We might have had a discussion about this already. I, I got it either the email either right before or right after the podcast. And I forget which. Uh, the the one at that time, they were apologizing to parents that there were going to be more restrictions and that they would try to get back to in-person learning as soon as possible. That was when they weren't going to be doing it, uh, which I which struck me as being crazy because the school didn't do it. They're not the ones who the school's not responsible for whether or not we're orange, you know? Oh, and that was the other thing. And I didn't read it. And, you know, maybe I had an agenda to paint the school as, you know, (laughs) bad, but they also did put a thing saying, Hey, by the way, if you want to continue in person learning, maybe wear a mask once in a while. (laughs) That's the, and that's, that's really uh, kind of the tone of it. You know, I feel like it. Yeah. Uh, When I dropped Betty off for her band uh, rehearsal, again, band kids and their their parents aren't necessarily as good, but band kids wearing the mask all the time. Uh, Students uh, doing softball. Uh, You have some parents that are wearing masks, other parents who are not. 
And the kids playing softball also aren't wearing masks. Now, the one thing I'll say is that as far as sports go, if you're not going to wear a mask, softball is probably the best one. Because people aren't really close to each other most of the time when they're playing. You know what I mean? You got people spread out all over the outfield and all that. For the most part, It's just that pesky uh, tagging somebody after you catch a ball. Maybe that's why I'm not thinking about it. I don't think I've ever actually caught a ball or hit a ball so much that I... Yeah, so what I'm doing is I'm thinking about when I play softball. When you play softball, Ben, really all that happens is you stand, you try to hit the ball, then you go and sit back down, then you go out, (laughs) you try to catch a ball... And that doesn't work, so then you come back in and sit down until it's time to bat again. To me, ultimate safety. No problem whatsoever. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wasn't, wasn't Seattle doing something where where kids could show up and get their meals and then leave or something like that? Like I, they could show up to the school I don't and know. pick up meals? I, I've heard Ma- that some districts are doing that. I don't know if Seattle was doing that. Okay. Um, I don't think yeah. they were doing it here. But maybe they were, and maybe that's what I'm remembering. But, you know, that's the thing, right? That's that's still problematic if you have kids showing up yeah. to eat. You know, yeah. a, a better situation would be to have sort of like a um, school meals on wheels where they take they take food to households that request it that need it you know actually what would be even better uh, and i i know that what i'm really advocating here is like a weird 1984 kind of thing uh but uh you have school month school lunch uh oh you call it school munch very good um box a box like lunchables yeah. that gets mailed to the student's house yeah, and then and you the, student... the post office at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how's that going, by the way? This is great. Being unplugged from everything, the post office is still <laughs> around. We still have it. Um, the only stories I'm hearing are bad ones. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, great news about UPS, uh, which we just used to mail something to to Jennifer's sister. Yeah. Uh, all you do is you just bring the thing in, and they measure it, and they go, "Okay, that'll be you know." $45. Right. And you give them the $45 and then you leave. You don't have to pack it. You don't have to stay. They just do everything. So, you know, well, I mean, here, that's he, good. here's the thing. Would you, would you rather pay $45 and have UPS pack it for you? Or would you rather pack it yourself and take it to the post office and spend less than $10 to mail the same thing? Well, the problem is, at this point in time, I am still employed. So <laughs> That's a terrible issue. UPS is the answer for what I want to do. I, I already have this kind of in my head, like, you know, at some point in time, I might be one of those guys who doesn't have a phone, only goes to the library to get... You could really... I mean, if you got rid of... Imagine, if you will, if, I, if you didn't have internet or a phone, that's like... $300 a month gone for me anyway. Uh, I'm showing my, my, but that's how much the family plan and our cable. We all have, we have everything through AT&T. Yeah. So that's all 300 bucks, basically three phones, uh, with data plans and, uh, high speed, uh, internet about 300 bucks a month. Yeah. Which would weirdly be cheaper. I think if we had cable, I, I it's, it's odd. 
Yeah, they try to tell, sell but, you those bundle services, and it's cheaper at first, but then every month after, like, six months, it slowly goes up and up and up, like the temperature in a pot containing a frog, you know? Exactly, yes, yes. So I don't I do not do it. But that's, that's the thing I'm thinking about, is that eventually, I don't know if Betty and Jennifer could hack it, but I could. Uh, not having if, a phone? If all of a sudden, yeah, I don't have a phone, don't have internet, I just live in a house, go to the library, do stuff. I mean, it would it would be bad. Well, I, I but I could do it. So here's the thing: I would be able to do that if my livelihood did not depend on it. Like if mm-hmm. if I had a job where I like I drove to work, and I sat yeah. at a desk, and my phone and my internet, or you know, if I needed that for the job, if everything was provided at work, and I didn't need to have any of that at home. Or in my, you know, own office, then sure. Why not? Yeah, that's a really an interesting. That's an interesting thing. Uh, it would take that at one point to. in time. Uh, a home was a place. Yeah, I couldn't do it now. Now that I think about it, duh. Because um, I'm, I guess if I got laid off, that's what I was thinking of. If I got laid off and I didn't have work, the hard part then would be paying rent. Obviously, it's a big one. Right. Oh, and then eating—that's always important. <laughs> <laughs> having water okay yeah We're, what it seems like is that we depend on a society ben in order to to get stuff are you done. saying that it takes a village uh or well, at least it may be maybe larger depending on what it is you want to get done i remember the day so um yeah i remember the day when like i worked it i worked in that building right next to the building you worked in in pioneer square yeah and, yeah i remember that building and i would i would be on my computer all day at that building and then I would go yep. home where I did not own a computer and I remember saying to people you know what I don't want a computer I don't want a personal computer because I'm on one all day I don't yeah. the first thing I go do when I get home is not the first thing I'm going to want to do when I get home is not turn on a computer well boy yeah. how have times changed in the last 20 years yeah, that that's is a the good point. Exact first thing I do when I walk in the door is turn my computer on. So I got to tell you, Ben, this is how I kicked the habit. Because um, whenever I was at, whenever I was, you know, just an idle moment, I got my phone in my hand. What am I going to do? I'm going to check Twitter, see what's going on. Uh, I have, I have uh, embraced the passive ag- aggressive green owl, known as Duolingo. Yeah. You remember that guy? Uh, sure. Oh, Duo is sad because you didn't finish your Spanish lesson or whatever. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, now, whenever I have an idle moment, I just open up the thing and I and I do a lesson of the language thing. Well, in your and post-internet world, you'll have to open a book instead. Yeah, exactly. I just have. Uh, well, and here's the other thing, Ben. Uh, people think I'm crazy, but the way I'm keeping from getting bored by doing this, because I know myself and I can get bored, yeah. uh, I have chosen seven languages and I'm focusing on a single language each day of the week. A different one each day. And I know what you're saying. How did I pick these languages, Ben? Uh, originally I had done them through, uh family groupings of like because there are family groups of languages right 
There's like Indo-European, which has tons of them. But this is the thing. Uh, I was doing it by language grouping because I thought that would be cool. You know, I'll learn different language. But but once you get past like the top three, they splinter a little bit. So I, I did a whole bunch of research about like what people speak around my region, uh, what people speak in the world, all that kind of thing. Uh, but finally, the language I Americans are going to have something. to speak once we're once uh, after the conquest is over. Oh, who's wait? Who's conquesting us? Uh, Russians or the Chinese? Take your pick. Hey, guess what, Ben? Both of them were on there. Both of them are on my list. All right. So this is what happened. The list uh, is. I, eventually, you remember the the story about how Starbucks did all this market research to figure out where to put their star their stores, and then Tully's just put theirs across from each Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that story, but uh, that doesn't surprise me. In the same way, I did all this research. I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn this language, this language. Uh, Jennifer said. Well, well, here are the ones that I think probably you should learn. And she listed off a couple of languages. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see about that. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out. You know, I had all these factors. Like, have I been exposed to them before? How many people do I know that speak them? Am I interested in watching any TV and movies in that language? So on and so forth. Right? right Eventually, yeah. I figured out the UN has six languages that they consider to be essential. The six essential languages. And the idea is that these six languages uh, for the UN's mission of keeping peace in the world and all that are the ones that they need to know. And so it just so happened, Ben, that those six languages, pretty much the the languages... Well, okay, take away one, because one is English. Pretty much the five languages that Jennifer said I would uh, do good to to know. And also top the list of the things that I was already looking for. So this is by all accounts the best list of languages for me to take. Okay, Monday. Spanish. Spanish by far uh, most important for living in the United States. Yeah, probably the most useful. Most most important in this area. Uh, largely spoken all over the world and one of the essential languages. So that's that one. Yeah. Number two, Mandarin Chinese. Now, in Illinois, they lump Chinese all into one group, which is pretty bad. But uh, Mandarin is the one that uh, they think of as an essential language in the UN. So that's that one. Uh, Wednesday? Wait. Yeah, Wednesday is French. Because you know French, Ben. Well, I wouldn't say Why I know would it. I. <laughs> Why would I not? Well, I mean, you know that that you and I have both studied it, and yeah. and we like it. Uh, it's also one of the essential languages. It's uh, you know, there's a the reason why they they have a phrase called language lingua franca. I think I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but it means like one that is used all, you know, in a large area. Yeah. Oh, dogs barking. Um. Uh, okay, Ben. Vamp. You're still gonna hear me. Uh, but, but the people won't. So I'm just going to repeat what Paul says. You're going to still hear me, okay, but the yeah, people hey, won't. I'm oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going upstairs. I'm going upstairs. Can you hear me? Here's the dog barking. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe Jennifer's here. Hey, she is here. And then Jennifer screams. Jennifer's coming in. Maybe you can hear her. 
Roaming all the way from downstairs. And then Jennifer's swearing a lot, so I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> uh, something about a guy mansplaining to something to Jennifer. What's that? Why did men invent bras? And then another yell from Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, and then this is Paul again. So, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, uh, so Wednesday. So Wednesday. French. French. Um, oh, um, oh, I oh, forgot. Oh, I forgot. Um, um, now I'm back now. Now I'm back now. Oh, you're back on, you're back <laughs> on your microphone? Okay, good. I can stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I forgot to say also, I have uh, a show... Uh, or a series of shows that I that I pick out for each uh, language. So right. Spanish, I'm watching Money Heist. Okay. Uh, which got uh, good reviews in Netflix. So far, it's pretty good. Uh, one of the things about Money Heist, this is back when I was still on Twitter, uh, people who spoke Spanish hated the fact that it was called Money Heist. And not because something it's in not Spanish? A, well, no, no, uh, because the name of it in Spanish is uh, House of Paper. And it's a, it's a, like a, I, I don't want to give anything away in the show, but it, it's a clever title based on what is happening. Okay. And it, so Money Heist is, it's like, um, if, uh, if, if Duel of the Linguist Mages became a, a movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they called it Talking Trash. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, you, you're not marketing it right. So there's that. Uh, Mandarin Chinese, there is a series of movies uh, about this guy named Detective D. D-E-E, Detective D. So that's what I'm watching in Mandarin. French, uh, there's a lot of stuff. Um, I'm watching, uh, there's a thing called, oh, Le Zone Blanc, right? Le Zone Blanc? Which is Le Zone Blanc. Okay, the white which man? Is translated... Uh, the zone. Oh, the zone. Uh, not le l'homme. Yeah. The white zone, uh, which is translated into English as black spot. Now, Ben, <laughs> why would that happen? And there's a reason. Because there was already there a show called a The White Zone. No. It's because the the title of the of the TV show indicates an area where there is no cell coverage. Oh, okay. So they... Which apparently in France is called a white zone. Yeah. And what we call it in the U.S. is the dead zone. You can't use that. Right. So it's black spot. Gotcha. Um, you know, okay, I think it's so, funny. So there's... So it, it, they couldn't use the, the uh, American, you know, nomenclature for that. So they made something else up. Instead of just reverting back to the original title. Right. Why not just call it The White Zone? Why not zone? just call it The White Zone? The only zone? thing I can think of is that, <laughs> is that people flipping through Netflix go, The White Zone? Ugh, no thanks. Uh, so, uh, next, uh, and this is today, Arabic. Arabic. Uh, Arabic. Arabic, one of the essential languages. Oh, oh also... Um, there, there are some things that the Department of Defense say are um, important languages, like ones that they want people to be able to speak. 
uh, and it can like open up jobs and stuff like that. So I need to I need to set expectations when I say I'm learning these languages, right? <laughs> it's more of a casual. I hobby. mean, I mean, I'm getting to the point where I can be like, "Hello, my name is Paul." You know, whatever. I'm not like decoding stuff or whatever. You're not. But, put, you're not putting I mean, seven different languages on your resume. Right. Not yet. But give me like five years and who knows? Because sure. that's the thing is that I would I would love for this to be uh, a general hobby of mine. Um, but but there's a plateau that you reach where you have to like actually talk to people and stuff in order to get better. So that might be a little bit difficult uh, here. OK, so uh, Arabic, there's a movie that Brett Fetzer and I watched called Divine Intervention. Uh, but it is not available uh, in the United States. So uh, there is a there are a couple of films where Arabic is secondary or uh, TV shows where Arabic is secondary. And there's one called Spy starring Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, which is a drama. Uh, so I'm interested in looking into it. Yeah, so that's it's funny. I, I, that's what I'm going to watch I've not really today. Run, I've not really run across a lot of uh, Arabic language movies, uh, except where the the Arabic speaking people are the bad guys. Yeah, Jennifer says the reason is because uh, movies in Arabic are really boring <laughs> because there's so much that they can't show and can't do. Right. So. But there are like Moroccan movies, stuff like that. I know I can find. I I'll be able to find something. I was I was not going to do Arabic for this very reason that I didn't really have anything that I was super interested in. Um, but the more I looked into it, I mean, there's Arabic hits an area of so like, um, I'm not going to learn Swahili, right? I was thinking about learning it, but it has the same sort of problem that Arabic does. That there aren't a lot of movies in it yeah um and as long as i learned french and arabic i've got a lot of africa covered uh especially english also you know so uh i i couldn't fit everything in so i had to make some choices uh so that's why i, I went with what the un has uh like hindi for instance i'm not learning that either um so but arabic, bollywood uh, that's, you know, there's a lot of great Oh yeah, yeah. That's and that's the thing. But the thing is, my favorite movies uh, coming out of India aren't in Hindi. Uh, they are in another dialect which starts with a T. I don't remember what it is. I do not know all um, of the languages over there. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and oh, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, well, I'll talk to I'll talk about it next time. Um, so, so tune in. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, boo. Boo. It starts with a B. All right. Anyway. Uh, not important. Oh, Ben, it's like me looking up something in my phone, oh, but God. I'm doing it with my brain. Looking and it's just in as interesting. Um, okay. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow is Russian, uh, which is the other. That's the last one. So the, the essential language is English, Spanish, Mandarin, Chinese. French, Arabic, and Russian. Yeah, uh, and Russian. There's tons of stuff, Ben. Tons of movies in Russian. Oh yeah. Um, there's a TV series I really like called Gogol. I think it's called Gogol. G O, G O L. Gogol. 
um, like, which is a sort of a supernatural thriller about the uh, the writer Gogol and his. Uh, what was that? Was that a, a Gogol Bordello? Or do I have that right? That band? Oh yeah, yeah. That that is that band. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I think I saw. I, do, I saw a documentary on them at the film forum many many years ago. Oh, they. I like them. They seem interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was, so, it was all about so their, Russian, like, their very charismatic lead singer, who I think maybe died tragically. I can't. I, again, it's been years. Mm, that's too bad because, yeah, he was very charismatic. He did a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, Start wearing purple was one of the songs that he did. <laughs> uh, so there's there's that. Uh, Tomorrow, Russian. Uh, then uh, you got the night watch. We movie. get into. Oh yeah, Nightwatch exactly. Yes, uh, Stalker, a very good movie from what I understand. Uh, very long, and I haven't seen it yet, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Once we get into the weekend, we get into things that I'm learning just for fun. <laughs> I pick things that weren't necessarily, you know, like because there were there are like Swedish, other other things that are um, like more. More useful, for instance, Hindi, like I mentioned, yeah. uh, things like that. But Japanese okay. is one of them, uh, and that's a lot of it is because uh, Betty's obsession with anime. Right. Um, if if Betty wasn't wasn't uh, so into anime right now, I might learn Korean instead. As you know, I'm interested in Korean, but uh, I'm I'm picking Japanese to uh, for bonding moments. <laughs> Also, because I studied it when I was in college and I didn't do well. So if I do uh, well in it now, you know, like I'm getting ma- back making up for it. Some of my own. Yeah. Um, not to not to mean that, for instance, if I were going to go somewhere that I wouldn't pick up something else like, you know, what I mean, yeah. suspend the other ones. This is this is the thing I'm thinking about. It's like swinging two bats, right? If I end up going to a place and I know I'm going to be there in like two months or whatever. I might suspend all my other language learning and just focus on that language for for that time. Uh, but also, I'm not planning on leaving. Oh, yeah. And then also Sunday is uh, the super, super just for me language day. And it's Finnish. Ah, I was close. Because I, I said Swedish. What Swedish. Oh, yeah. Um, Swedish is a is an Indo-European language, whereas Finnish is in its own category with like Hungarian, I think. And so I wanted to get a little bit of a difference in there. If Duolingo, which is the thing I use, ever gets Lithuanian, I'll probably drop <laughs> Finnish for that. But I don't know if they're ever going to get it. How many hours uh, per day do you spend because, on this stuff? Oh, I don't know. Probably, um, I guess overall, maybe three. Three hours a day. But it's... It's stretched out, you know what I mean? Okay. It's whenever I have uh, an idle time and I'm just sitting there. So I don't have it blocked out. I'm just I'm just thinking about how much time, you know, it tells me I've been spending on my phone. Yeah. And the fact is that whenever I'm using my phone, I'm using it. And it tells me, like, for instance, yesterday I was online for seven hours. And so I cut it in half because I'm, I'm sure that... You know, it might take when I'm on phone calls and stuff like that. So I'd say probably about three. 
That's not insignificant. No, no, no. This is like I said. This is my this is my big hobby. Yeah. Right now. So, and I love I love the 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 thing that is cool, and it's already started to happen. I've only been doing this for a week too. So, <laughs> if I look on packaging. And I notice something, and I'm like, hey, I think this is that letter. It's kind of cool. Uh, there's just something that happened to my brain. Or when I'm watching one of these shows, and I hear somebody say something, and I'm like, that's the word for man. <laughs> you know? Right. It's you have that- it's like when things are fuzzy, and they slowly come into focus. Which must be how like a toddler feels when their language center starts to come online. Well, I don't start- know. When I was a toddler... Or a baby, uh, my language whatever, center, you know? Yeah. When my language center started coming online... Uh, Just swear word after I swear remember, word. I remember this distinctly. Um, I was relieved that they finally understood what I was talking about. Ah. And, and this is still, you know, I've got a lot of memory problems. But this is something that is burned into my memory... Um, me saying, what's that thing? Right. Yeah. And my dad and sister both saying, that's not a word. And I'm like, that thing, what is that thing? And they're like, that's not a word. What are you saying? That's not a so word. You thought you were saying and the me word just thing going, and they were hearing something yeah, different. What I was saying was thing with an F. Ah. And... And now that I'm older, I can imagine that they were probably trying to get me to say thing correctly. Right. But that's but they never <laughs> said the word thing back to me. They were just saying, that's not a word. What are you saying? God, it drove me nuts. Training you the hard way. So that's one of the things I tried to do with Betty is if she said something I didn't and she said it a little wrong, I'd try to say it the right way for her. Yeah. Because yeah, and then now, now she's tired of you correcting her. I, actually, there was uh, there was a time when when I would like talk as her. I'd be like, "Besides, Dad, I'm very upset with you right now," and she'd go, "Okay, stop it," <laughs> that kind of thing. And she was she was young at the time yeah. that, that was happening. Yep. Uh, this is where I, uh, reiterate my hypothesis that my dad tried to hypnotize me when I was little through slideshows and boring conversation. <laughs> uh, and not the fact that he was like, just I'll ta- a dad. I'll talk about stuff, right? That happened. And he'll always say, oh, you're too young to remember that kind of thing. Or we go through slideshows and he'd show us a picture of, of someplace and he'd say, you remember that? We went here and we did this. And I'd be like, I don't remember that exactly. And he was like, well, we did. Uh, and <laughs> I love the idea. It's not It's not true. I know. I know. I know it's not true. Have to say it for legal reasons and for everything else. I know this isn't true. But I love the idea of him showing a picture of me on a carousel horse and going, remember, we were at this, uh, this amusement park on... On February 28th, 1979. And me going, I don't know if that's true. And then him go, he's going, we were at that amusement park, February 28th, 1979. 
remembered if anybody comes and asks where I was, I took you to that amusement park. Like I said, I know that that's not what's happening. If you're but a real true son like of mine, you'll do as I say. <laughs> Unless you want your dad to disappear for the rest of your life. We were nowhere near Washington, D.C. We were all the way in Kansas City, Missouri. Or whatever. Your Honor. Did you ever think that, Ben, that your dad was actually a hitman or anything like that? Uh, I'm wondering if this is a normal kid I... thing or if I, like... I think that's a you thing. I don't. I never. I never thought of my dad as a hitman. Yeah, I always thought my dad was a hitman, and being a, a pastor was his cover. And I, I still am not sure. It sounds, right? That sounds like a good uh, Netflix show, though. Well, because here's the thing, right? He would he would run uh, four miles every day. Uh, he knew how to how to do stuff with guns. He'd ride a motorcycle. He'd fix cars. He'd do all this he kept, stuff. He kept all those large freezers in the basement. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. Uh, and he'd be gone for like a weekend. Or I'm sold. You know, Your dad is a hitman. Five days out of the week. <laughs> um you know, strong. He's got to go, you know, he, he likes to go on one of his missions where he spreads the good Lord's name, if you know what I mean. Right, right, right. He well, spreads the well, good Lord's the things, brains all over the sidewalk. One of the things that he does do, and of course we're talking about, now this is my adopted dad, one of the things that he does do is he travels to different cities in an area that he covers and does like remediation between pastors in their congregations that aren't getting along and stuff like that okay and sometimes he would call and say you know it's going to take a little longer you know that kind of thing so yeah did you hear yeah, like, for a while bullets in the background i could just imagine him saying this from hiding behind like a tool chest in, a, in an auto repair shop yeah. where the hit has gone exactly wrong. and just his way of he can he can go on and on about something in a way that really, I, I like lose touch with reality after a while. Have you? Uh, Jennifer has talked about it uh, before, where my dad was was explaining snow fencing to us. We were in the car. He was explaining snow fencing, and she looked at me and she said, "I knew what snow fencing was when this conversation started, <laughs> and now I'm not sure anymore." Have you seen the TV show What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah, so I love it. Sounds like sounds like your dad has a little bit of an energy vampire inside of him. Yeah, yeah. The, in fact, Ben, <laughs> yes, I was. I we Jennifer and I both hit on that as soon as that thing started. That that concept of the energy vampire. Yeah, because it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a kids in the hall sketch at one point in time where Dave Foley is playing. Uh, a school teacher, and I think it's Scott Thompson, is his like spy lover. And there's a kid who like is bothering them, and she's about to kill him. He goes, "No, no, let me handle this." And then he turns to the kid and he just says this long, boring sentence, and the kid falls asleep. <laughs> that same thing. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I I feel I feel like um. There is something to that. Now, eventually, at some point in time, who knows? Oh, and he's got all sorts of, uh, like, band saws and, 
things like that in the basement. Wait a second. My God, Ben. He's got all these power tools in the basement and these large freezers. Boy, he's not, you know, it sounds like there's a very small, thin line between your average Midwesterner who likes hunting and a hitman. Yeah, I don't know if that line, I don't know how it goes, right? One of the reasons I don't have any guns, because here's the thing, we've talked about this before, guns are fun. (laughs) That's the thing that that the NRA doesn't, doesn't talk about. They're always like, you know, safety and all that, uh, you know, home defense. Yeah. Uh, and casual racism sometimes. No, you, you can't, all that you can't kind of get, you can't get uh, funding from the, you know, a fun hobby. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing is that um, it has to be, you have to be in fear. You have to be afraid. Yeah. Both sides have to be afraid of the guns. Uh, guns can be uh, dangerous. They apparently are designed to kill people um so there's that about them that uh it it seems to me cars can be fun too same thing right oh oh shoot yeah cars and guns same thing sort of oh there was something that uh oh oh ben 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 uh i solved black lives matter All right. I forgot about this. Lay it on us. This is uh, another segment of Ben and Paul solve racism. No, this is just Paul solves uh, racism. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're gonna you're gonna help out too. Um, so when I moved here to the Midwest, there were signs all over the place, and I want to know if you have seen these signs in Seattle. Okay. Start seeing motorcycles. That's what the signs say. The signs say, start seeing motorcycles. Are these... Do you have those signs in Seattle? Are these street signs where they're advising uh, no, they're, motorists they're, to be sure, you know, you look out for motorbikes, motorcycles when you're, like, driving? No, uh, they aren't street signs. They're signs that people have in their yards. They're bumper stickers that people have that say, start seeing motorcycles. Um, however, the meaning of them is exactly what you say. It's, it's, hey, start paying attention to motorcycles. Yeah. So it's a public initiative. Start seeing motorcycles uh, to get people to uh, pay more attention to motorcycles. Yeah. Because as the motorcycle riders will say, you know, motorcycles are, uh, you know, more liable to be hit by, by automobiles and people don't like pay attention to them and stuff. The fatality rate and on I, motorcycles is really high. I just realized uh, that (laughs) one of the people who didn't like the Black Lives Matter signs was a motorcycle rider recently, back when I was watching uh, Public Freakout. To which I would say to to the gentleman, well, sir, don't you know that you should start seeing all vehicles on the road. <laughs> and he would say to me, well, no, but motorcycles get hit by cars more often. I'm like, oh, well, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is <laughs> that if a specific type 
of thing. Oh, don't want to say specific of the specific type of of an of a of a an entity in a category. Conveyance. is more susceptible to to violence and death that it's okay to single it out as needing specific attention. Very good. Did you also know that black lives matter? Yeah, I think I think you've uh, solved racism for that very specific niche of uh, motorcycle riders who fear for their lives on the road, yet uh, say all lives matter. Yeah, um, I live in the Midwest. That's a circle sometimes, my friend. <laughs> oh, is it? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, solved racism. Thank you. We'll be here all week. Uh, what else can we solve? Well, and then uh, here's the thing, though they're gonna they're gonna come back with some because you can't you can't change people's minds, Ben. Only they can change their minds, which is interesting if you think about it. Uh, because what are we worried about Facebook for then? <laughs> and Russians. But anyway, the 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 big thing is that they'll say well my motorcycle doesn't and then say something racist and it's like don't why we're trying to, to oh, be a, I see. Yeah. a group of people that, that terrible motorcycle on motorcycle accidents are just you know right e exactly that's yeah. exactly um, the, the great thing about uh, living in Illinois is that the specter of Chicago is never far behind whatever nope. Any conversations happen? Evil Chicago. Ah, uh, hey, did you know that Chicago is where Al Capone was? Also, <laughs> they don't care about that. Yeah, I heard there was a Why murder in not? Chicago, but you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Exactly. Oh my God. So, Ben. Yeah. Uh, Betty uh, is not here because she's a band camp. Yeah. This would be normally when we would do yelling for Betty. Um, I asked her if there's anything that she wanted to say, and she was like, oh, I don't know, man. So there you go. There's that. Uh, she uh, got to band camp on time today, which is good. It's one of those things where if you're there, it's like a rehearsal. A rehearsal starts at 6, so you better get there at 5.30 or whatever. Yeah. And she'd been getting there at 6 because... I take things literally. If we're supposed to be there at 6, we're at 6. Well, let's just change the call time Do to 5.30. Exactly. That's my point. Like, uh, I, have a, I have that same issue. I'm, I'm, we're in tech for this play that I'm live streaming. And um, hmm. the call... What's the play? Uh, well, we don't need to talk about what the play is. But the call oh, okay. is... Um, <laughs> right. The call is at uh, 5.30. And, yeah. uh, you know... Uh, we generally don't start working until six because everybody's still in the process of setting up their green screens, getting their microphones ready, setting up their lights. I'm like, you know what? Yep. Call doesn't mean just turn your webcam on at 530. Call means you're here and you're ready to work at 530. Exactly. That's that's right. And so. Right. You know, it. And that's and that's the thing that needed to be uh, explained to me uh, by Jennifer. <laughs> and as soon as I heard this, I understood it. It's like it's it's showtime at six. You know, it's that's that's 
it's it's a call at six. Rehearsal is at six. Doesn't mean the same thing to me as calls at six. It should. Yeah. But it doesn't. And now, well, I mean, when you you know the rest, of it's the different during a play, right? So if you have a, it was it was them, by the way, not Jennifer. Jennifer was just explaining to me why I was having trouble understanding yeah. what they, why they had already started at six when we had shown up. If you, yeah, yep. I mean, for, for things like band, like there's if you're, um, you know, if you're a percussionist and you got to get your drums out of the case and strap them on. Or if you're a, yeah. uh, if you play the brass uh, and you got to like clean your reeds and put your, uh, you, you know, clean your mouthpieces, empty whatever, empty the spit out of the, the spit hole or whatever. Wait, Ben, did called. you did you play? Um, did we talk about this? Did you play music? No, the closest in I, band at all? No, the closest I ever came with drums. But um, uh, and I took piano lessons uh, as an adult, but I never I never yeah. was in a school band. Gotcha. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking about which, there aren't any corrections for today, are there? Uh, no, I don't. None have come in. Okay. Uh, as we know, Jennifer, fact checker, Jennifer Pratt, my wife, uh, full time job working for the census. As we heard earlier, uh, probably some some issues going on with uh, it, the people that she met today at the census. So is I'm she guessing? walking door to door? Is she calling people? Walking. No. In a mask, with masks, and uh, yeah, she can't talk about it. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> um, apparently, if you, uh, well, no, I can't even say that. I was going to say uh, Hannibal Lecter killed a census worker. Well, I can say oh, that. Geez. It's fictional. <laughs> I didn't know that part. Um, but the but the thing is, I guess what you say to a census worker when the census worker is there is privileged information, just like a doctor patient confidentiality, uh, that sort yeah. of thing. So I wonder now if that's why Hannibal Lecter killed the census worker. Well, I mean, I, I can only assume that it's privileged information because uh, census worker might be asking things that a person might not want to divulge for fear of repercussions. Yeah, exactly. How many people live in the house? What one? Is everybody a citizen? Oh, yeah. Here's one thing that I can tell you. Um, if you are going to have a census worker come and you don't want to talk to the census worker, there's a real simple thing that you can do. And that is you, uh, you say, sure, I'll talk to you. And then just refuse to answer every question. <laughs> You've still taken the survey. Uh, and done your duty as a citizen, but, you know. Or you could just do what I did and fill it out online. Do do, yeah. do people in the Midwest not have that opportunity? Well, oh, no, they do. They do. They just can't be bothered. Or they don't want the government to have their information. That's a big Midwestern thing. Jennifer is mentioning this. Uh, that the more American flags somebody has on their property, the less likely they are to want to tell the government anything, which is an interesting thing. It's a, yeah. Um, she quoted someone, and I can't remember who it was, that uh, in the United States, many people confuse patriotism with nationalism. 
Like if you if you love the flag but hate your government, you might be a redneck, nationalistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> the because it's it's the, it's the same thing about uh, loving an idea of someone rather than who that person really is. Right. That kind of thing. I feel like, um, but. What can we say other than um, I know in my heart that things are going to be super, super weird all the time, forever, from this point forward. Regardless of in our the history. outcome of the election. I was thinking about this with, with George W. Bush, right? When George W. Bush was president. Yeah. Um, because you were around during this time as well. Uh, younger younger folks may not remember this, right? If you if you were around uh, for mostly Barack Obama, you may not remember this. There was a point when people were like, "This is the stupidest a president has ever been." Yeah, this is the most corrupt president. He and his staff are trying to turn back civil liberties. It's amazing. Uh, and it's horrible, right? And we really felt those things at the time that that was happening. Yeah. So when they're happening again now and people are like, well, no, this time it's really real. Every time it's really real. Well, but the thing about the thing about the, um, uh, feeling that way towards W versus feeling that way towards our current president is you, even though George W was turning back civil liberties, and it turned out to be a war criminal, you still felt that he had integrity. And, Ugh, and I didn't. Well, no. I mean, when you compare it to our current president? Well, now, yeah. That's that's the thing, is that what I'm saying is that... Well, I, no, I, I mean, but... And I, no, 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 no. Even then, I, even then. On... He, like, he, like, you would say, if when he was running against John Kerry, if John Kerry won... You nobody was thinking. Oh, George W. Bush is going to have to get escorted off the, you know, out of the White House by the military because he's not going to accept the results of the election if he loses. Nobody felt that. Uh, do you remember a conversation with me about that? I do not. I I was concerned that that was going to happen, but that was me. I'm a paranoid guy. In general. Well, now here's, the entire the country what, is paranoid. Thanks a lot for spreading that. What I'm what I'm gonna say now, Ben, uh, I'm knocking on wood, hoping this doesn't happen, whatever. What I'm saying is that I'm not saying we aren't worse now than we were then, but what I'm saying is that when George W. Bush was president, we were like, This is the worst, it can't this is the worst it's ever been. Uh there's always worse. <laughs> even now. Even now, uh there are so many things that could be happening that aren't. Uh, well, yeah, let's, so, let's revisit this conversation in the mythical future where uh, the whatever president we have uh, makes us look back onto, uh, onto our current president and say, man, remember when we had a good? Okay, so here's, here's what I'm going to say. Um, at, well, right now. Do you think we had it good under George W. Bush? Iraq War, all that kind of stuff. 
I didn't think we had it good at the time. Now, I don't think we had it good, but I think the national conversation was, I mean, the national conversation was different. It was different, yeah, but what I'm, what I'm hopefully getting at, and we're due for, we're due for a good, a, a bump up. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen. It'd be great if it does. Um, there will be a time when we'll think about, like, okay, if you had a chance to have Richard Nixon in the White House right now, would you take it? <laughs> uh, probably not. Yeah. What I'm saying is that no one is ever going to think that that Donald Trump is a good president. I don't think that's going to happen. I can't think of how he could pull that off at this point. Well, there are some people who say it, but I don't know if they believe it necessarily. Well, there are the people who say it because they, you know, they uh, are Second Amendment people. They are pro-life people. You know, they want conservative judges. They're holding their nose at the president because they are he's giving them other things that they want. So the thing that I'm I'm saying and I I hope it doesn't happen. But there's a time when we might say to ourselves, boy, do you remember when we thought <laughs> Donald Trump was the worst president? The, when we thought that, that we'd was ever the worst have? it could ever get? And it couldn't get yeah, worse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, keep this in mind, future historians. Pres- President uh, Globnorp is just making me, is making me move to my, on my third camp this week. Exactly. Why did he eat me and then regurgitate me into the exact same form that I have? This doesn't make any sense. I'm sure. I'm sure it or makes whatever. sense somewhere. And with that, hey Ben. <laughs> on that note, yeah. Hey, why don't you uh, keep it wrong for another? Oh, what's seven times twenty-four? Um, I should be able to do this. Seven times twenty-four. It's uh the same as fourteen times twelve. Right. 7 times 4, same as 14 times 12? And what's 14 times 12? But, uh, is it 148? I think? Well... Keep it wrong for another 148 uh, hours, Ben. The name name of the show, or the motto of the show is keep it wrong. So keep that number wrong for, uh, for... 148 uh, minutes, For the next 168 hours, and we'll figure out what it is. Let's see. Uh, let's see. 24 times 10 that's oh boy i got this, today I got on this paul wrong. does mental math four times seven. Oh no it's it's i think i was right i, I want to say i was right we'll see we'll see and we'll I, i'm not gonna keep i'm not gonna keep you while i do we'll this see you next time uh, ben i think it's 148 but right. i could be oh no it can't be because seven 148 divided by seven and that's not, it sounds like you are keeping uh, it wrong paul uh, so good job boy yeah and, it looks uh, like it. yeah okay. talk to you next week 24 times 7. Okay, see you, All right, ben. bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Let's get, you got... Uh, okay, 24 times 7. It should be easy. It's... Uh, okay, so 20... Wait, today I, I think it is 148. So, 24 times 7. That's uh, 140. And then... Oh, yeah, 168? Yeah, 168. I think that's what it is. I'm going to say 168. Final answer, lock it in. Yeah. <laughs>